as you know, if you listen to the show, I don't know a ton about sports. There's no uh, one type of sport that I follow religiously, so I don't worship at, at the altar of, you know, any net uh, or uh, anything like that or the feet of any team. However, I, you know, I always cheer for the local team. Um, and I understand why people like sports. I just have never gotten into sports, and that is not a slam on sports at all. Uh, I'm a bandwagon jumper. But Danny Stover, our producer, is, you know, she's a little bit sporty. We don't know too much about Danny because we're just introducing you slowly, dribs and drabs to the show because uh, we don't want to overwhelm you with how awesome she is. But just trust me, she's pretty cool. So she uh, follows these stories religiously. She reached out to me and she said, like, do you know what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks? Like, this is becoming a big story the other day. Um, and I think it's time that we uh, touch on this story because last night I had the opportunity to sit down and really spend about 25 minutes uh, watching an interview with Kyle Beach, who stepped forward as John Doe, number one, in the Chicago NHL team's uh, sexual assault investigation. Uh, this happened the day after the NHL levied a $2 million U.S. fine in the franchise, and Chicago's general manager, Stan Bowman, resigned in the wake of a damning independent investigation commissioned by the team in response to two lawsuits into the team's handling of sexual abuse uh, and assault allegations that happened as far back as 2010 in Chicago. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, the audio from Kyle Beach, who was originally known as John Doe. Uh, this audio comes from TSN Sports Center. This interview happened last night. And I think it was uh, incredibly powerful. And so let's just play a little bit of it. Of it. But before I go to the first clip, I just want to make mention and just uh, give uh, a pat on the back to TSN's Rick Westhead. And I don't normally do that, uh, but I really think he handled himself incredibly well. It's a very difficult thing for, for someone to talk about someone with uh, to somebody about is their sexual abuse, because as an interviewer, you don't want to overstep the line into, uh, you know, uh, what is, uh, important as far as facts of stories go, um, into sensationalizing something and kind of, um, turning it into something that, that is just people, people gawk at. So obviously I'm, I'm uncomfortable with talking about it. So I, I just applaud Rick. I think he did a fantastic job, uh, really speaks to his skills, not only as a broadcaster, but also speaks to his skills as a human. And I think that's super important. Uh, so we're going to get to uh, Philippe Dumas, who's a writer for Leafs Nation, in a matter of uh, seconds here. But let's get to some of the audio if we can. I believe we have a first clip from Kyle Beach. Rob, is there ability? Do you have ability to set this up for us uh, uh, as a lead-in? Because uh, I know I haven't been privy to what's uh, in the first clip. So he's commenting on how he how he felt. Okay. So here's <laughs> Kyle. To be honest, I I was scared mostly. I was fearful. I had had my career threatened. I felt alone and dark. Um, sorry, I'm, it's tough to recall these moments. Um, I think most I, I felt like I was alone and there was nothing I could do and nobody I could turn to for help. And I didn't know what to do. As a 20-year-old, I would never dream or you could never imagine being put in this situation by somebody that's supposed to be there to help you and to make you a better hockey player and a better person and continue to build your career. Yeah. Taken advantage of because somebody in a place of authority knew he had big dreams 
and knew that he wanted to do what he could to achieve those big dreams. And uh, the opportunity was there. It's absolutely despicable. It was hard to watch. He's he's currently in Germany right now playing for a team there. He says he's getting incredible uh, support from that team and from his girlfriend. Uh, but I think it's very important to watch. And it doesn't it's not a story we haven't heard from survivors of sexual abuse in the past. Right. You push it down. You push it down. There's drug abuse. There's uh, alcohol abuse. There's acting out in different ways. And then there's the moment where you have to tell your parents. And he told his parents really quickly. So not only has he gone to the league with his story and nothing's being done, but he goes to his parents, and then he's met with, you know, a predictable reaction. Have a listen. I don't remember exactly when I told them. Uh, it was shortly after it had happened in the summer. Um, my mom cried for days. She felt responsible. She felt like she should have protected me. And there was nothing she could do. And after that first conversation with them, we never spoke about it again uh, until very recently um i never brought it up and they respected my privacy they would ask if i was okay and let me talk about what i wanted to talk about and um i did what i thought i had to do to to survive i think that's why victims of uh sexual assault don't tell people uh that that they know had no idea about it like the parents in the situation because they don't want to break their hearts that's a horrible place to be what a horrible situation. Uh, and I just, uh, you know, it, when people go, why didn't you come forward? Well, because there were a myriad of reasons why, you know, I did come forward, but people didn't believe me at the upper echelon. And then, you know, this is just a story that we've heard so many d- different times in different situations. And it's, you know, there, you're met with so many obstacles when something like this hor- horrific thing happens to you. Uh, he goes on to talk about what it's like to watch your abuser Hoist the Stanley Cup over their head. I felt sick to my stomach. I reported this and I was made aware that it made it all the way up the chain of command by Doc Gary and nothing happened. It was like his life was the same as it was the day before. The same every day. And then when they won to see him paraded around lifting the cup at the parade, at the team pictures, at the celebrations. It made me feel like nothing. It made me feel like I didn't exist. It made me feel that I wasn't important. And it made me feel like that he was in the right and I was wrong. Philippe Dumas is a writer for Leafs Nation. Uh, that is just absolutely gut-wrenching audio to hear. Uh, I'm so happy that Kyle Beach had the uh, bravery to come forward because I think this is, uh, yet an, again, a watershed moment, a moment for professional sports to change, to listen up, and to do what's right. Philippe, what's the word on the street? Where, where are people um, falling when it comes to reaction? Uh, people are livid and understandably so uh especially just the way that the blackhawks the entire nhl everyone involved with the situation really handled this i i mean the the reports that came out it mentions that and the the audio clip you played there touched on it the report mentions that he reported it to the team 
it went up the chain of command all the way to the general manager, to the team president. And they had a meeting with a bunch of executives, many who are still working in the NHL as of today. And the, the executives basically decided our playoff run is more important than this. We'll deal with this after the playoffs. And then Chicago was a, won, sorry, and the yeah. Chicago won the, won the, won the Stanley Cup that year. The, it, it was a Chicago video coach. What does a video coach do? And why would that be pivotal to them winning a Stanley Cup? Um, the video coach essentially sits down with players, goes up, goes over game footage of either the player themselves or maybe an upcoming, upcoming opponent scouting them out kind of goes over like, okay, this is the way you're playing or this is the way they play. And then kind of goes over tape, watches the footage with the players, breaks down specific moments uh, to kind of give them tips on how they can improve their play or how they can better play against an upcoming opponent. They're essentially an assistant coach to the team. They are an assistant coach. So they're very, they're very much part of the scouting department and the coaching department at the same time. So it is a very important role. And he trusted this guy. He went over to his home to under the premise of watching footage uh, when this all occurred. So this is a, a position where you'd have access to new players, players that have been drafted that aren't necessarily playing in the NHL yet, but they are the hopefuls. That's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for their moment. And so this is a person that they trust and they're putting a lot of their trust into uh, the hands of uh, quite, quite, uh, you know, it's just, it's such a tragic story. So um, it, they waited three weeks to deal with Brad Aldridge. What happened to him? They, so this is where it gets really messed up. They, they did, they essentially approached him and said, Hey, this came to us. You can resign or we'll have to let you go. He chose to resign obviously on his own uh, pretenses. And then he went to go work for a high school where the Blackhawks gave him a positive recommendation <gasps> and he ended up assaulting someone else there and spent time in prison because of it. He assaulted another player on this high school team. Uh, thanks in parts to the Blackhawks giving him a positive recommendation. Uh, honestly, I hadn't heard that part of the story. You could hear me audibly gasp. That is absolutely stomach turning. Um, so right now, there's a situation where Florida coach uh, Joel Quenville is is set to meet with the NHL commissioner uh, Gary Bettman today. Mm -hmm. uh, he was on the coaching staff all the way. And, you know, there are several people that will are backing up Kyle Beach's story that this went all the way up the chain of command, that he was told that, yeah, they all know what happened to you. They, they understand the, the, the assault occurred. Um, Joel Quenville, what's his story right now? What is he, what is he saying? So Joel Quenville, uh, coach of the Florida Panthers currently and, uh, Shevel Dayoff, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets were both involved, uh, with that Chicago Blackhawks team at the time. They were both. The report that was released by the NHL, they were both they both knew about it. They were both in meetings. They were both part of the team that decided to cover this up, essentially. And ever since this first came out, they've both completely denied knowing anything at all. They both stated they, they knew nothing about this. This is the first they're hearing of this. And then the reports that was released a couple of days ago explicitly said, no, they both knew about it. They were both there. They were both involved in the decision-making so yesterday, Florida played. Quenville was behind the bench. He was coaching. He refused to speak to the media after. And uh, the league commissioner, Gary Batman, is meeting with both Quenville and Shevel Dayoff today to, to discuss. And who knows if they'll keep their job. 
mm-hmm. um, but they're gonna they're gonna discuss it moving forward. No one really has any idea of what's gonna come of those meetings. But given the NHL's reputation on this, people are very pessimistic about whether these guys will face any consequences or not. So what kind of power does the NHL commissioner have when it comes to uh, the roles of the the coach, uh, the Florida coach and Winnipeg's uh, general manager? The the commissioner has the within his power. He is he is able to just bar from someone from the league. He is able to remove someone from the league if he deems that it's detrimental to the league to keep them there. And in a case like this, obviously, like it would set a great example of like, no, we don't tolerate this at all. Like no one involved with that should be in the league at all. So it is within his powers. But the like I said earlier, the NHL has a stingy reputation for letting a lot of the slides. So that's why you're seeing a lot of the what people are talking about online these days. Uh, people are not optimistic about whether these guys will face any consequences or any repercussions at all. Now, as I said from the top, I don't follow sports too closely, but it seems to me that this story, when you break it apart, it really, to me, if I was to say, well, what is this story about? It speaks to the culture of pro sports and mm-hmm. that the fact that, um, you know, when bad things happen, whether it be concussion or uh, sexual abuse, that the, the overriding message is be a man, suck it up. Bottom line, is there a, a culture of sports problem here and if we don't see firings occur and and banning from the league is this sending a message loud and clear that the culture is not going to change oh absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head right there the sports in general as much as i love them sports is extremely can be extremely problematic with the way it handles things the whole whole boys will be boys like you said suck it up stick it out uh put the team first ahead of anything I mean, we're seeing this year, it's starting to soften up a bit, which is wonderful to see. You saw um, Montreal Canadiens goalie Carey Price stepped away this season to take care of his mental health and join the NHL's assistance program. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, formerly of the Toronto Raptors, he's spoken about his depression and anxiety before. So these days we're seeing a lot of it, but mostly from the players. We're seeing players come out and start for once, start openly talking about like, no, we face a lot of problems and we need to be able to share them. We need to be able to talk openly about this. It's kind of the old guard, the, the 99% old white guys uh, in charge at the NHL, the general managers, the presidents, the, the guys who have been here for decades. They're, they're the ones covering up a lot of this stuff. And like you said, it's, it's a systemic problem with pro sports. Sports culture has been, this way forever and for the longest time it was oh we don't want to hurt the team that's exactly what they said in this case we have a chance to win the cup we don't want to hurt the team when instead they ruined this guy's life uh a first overall pick 11th Mm -hmm. overall was expected to play in the nhl was expected to be an excellent player and then following uh the assault you you can read scouting reports dating back to like the year following the 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 assault where scouting reports say like oh um Cal Beach doesn't look like he cares about hockey. He's got attitude problems. He he looks lazy on the ice. And meanwhile, no one knew what he was hiding. No one knew what happened. Well, people knew what he was hiding because they were well, hiding it too. Exactly. Yeah. People in the organization knew, but yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I want to thank you for, um, for joining us and, and Philippe, thanks so much. Hopefully we'll, we uh, chat again about something more positive and, and a change actually happening. Um, if you were to put money down on it, 
Um, are you saying that uh, these guys are going to retain their jobs? Uh, it's such a coin flip. I don't know one way or another. I mean, I would love to say that these everyone involved is done and will never work in the NHL ever again. But there, there are some really bad people and people know about it who are still working in the NHL and some real it's, I would love to say that this is it for them, but knowing the way it's handled, it's kind of a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of thing. I, yeah. I won't believe that they'll face anything until I see it. I would, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping they do face consequences, but I wouldn't, as you said, I wouldn't put money on it right now. It's, uh, it's unfortunately the way the NHL is. Philippe, thanks so much for joining us. Have yourself a good afternoon. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers.